Lynn Dawson went missing and was presumed dead from her Bayview estate in Australia. A lot of people, including a very prominent podcast, assume her husband Chris Dawson was responsible for her her departure and presumed death. However, there's another side of the story that a lot of people aren't looking into that this podcast is dedicated to, and that is finding Lynette, who, by all accounts, may have just gone missing. She couldn't drive. She had no money. She took no clothes, none of her rings or jewelry. She never contacted another person ever again. And yet, everyone just assumes she's died. Well, there's a highly highly probable chance she just disappeared and went and joined a cult or who knows but this podcast is dedicated to finding out where Lynn is now and we communicate and find and talk to people who have reported sightings of Lynn I'm going to play one for you now these are their words they're not their voices yeah I saw Lynette I was driving probably, I don't know, 40 kilometers per hour and I was going down the road and I looked into an ice cream shop and I I was looking in the reflection originally thinking, oh, my vehicle looks pretty sharp. But I looked beyond it, I looked through the glass and who did I see holding a couple of scoops in a cone, I believe it was a waffle cone, it was none other than Lynette. I'm as sure as the day I couldn't... I didn't have time to stop, so I drove right on by, and I didn't take a picture, but she looked at me, and, I, and I'd and i never met her, but I knew the story, and I'd seen a paper in the in the, her picture in the papers, and I knew it was her, and but I and I always regret that I didn't stop in and say hello, or, or but I just drove... I was in a hurry, and I drove by, but it was sure enough Lyn- Lynette... She's alive and well. And there are more of these stories all the time. Every day we are finding more and more people who have presumably seen Lynette and she's alive and well. Is she in a cult? That we don't know. But we're going to take you on a journey for these next eight episodes of this podcast and we're going to find Lynette and eventually find out why she left her family and why she never contacted anyone she ever loved ever again. And if you love truth and justice, please buy Neutrogena skincare products. This podcast is proudly sponsored by Neutrogena. If you love truth, if you love justice, as much as you love a clean face, support us and buy Neutrogena. Go to the website Neutrogena.com and enter the the code Lynette at checkout and get 20% off your order and we'll find out if Lynette did in fact die in 1992 or if she's alive and well. Maybe she died of natural causes in 1985. We don't know. But we're going to find out Has she been alive ever since 1982? We don't know. But tune in and now let's check in with a citizen of planet Earth. Hello, Dave. Dan, we're doing it. It's exactly high noon. We made it happen. It's fantastic, isn't it? It really is. I apologize for all of my uh, scheduling nonsense. It's all right. We've been uh, doing some hardcore early morning gardening over here, so it's been <laughs> really been getting the jump on it. Uh, so no, Dave, just it meant more gardening. What does that mean? Well, it sounds like I'm kind of the hero in this story, really. 
<laughs> it's great the way you've turned that around. Hey, how have you been, mate? Uh, good. How about you? Pretty good once we got past uh, the winter period with the uh, run-over cat and the burst pipes. Yeah, and, uh, you guys had a rough, rough stretch there. First world problems, although I can imagine a scenario where in third world, uh, in the third world, they also have similar problems. So, I would think, yeah, that uh, – <laughs> and we make it sound like third world problems – like, they don't also get annoyed at those things. You know, even just having, like, ah, damn it, I got a hangnail. Little things like that, I'm sure, sure mm. still bother them, but we would get them, <laughs> first world problems. But I, I think even those bother them. It's the additional things beyond that. I, and I think a cat um, perishing, yeah, that, that's that's an all-world problem. No no one shrugs that off and goes, I got bigger fish to fry. Yeah, that's the way it goes. I was uh, I work in a hospital. I don't know whether you remember, but anyway, I was walking with a doctor and he said, ah. And I said, he, I said, what's up? He said, oh, I've got coffee here. They, I said, I want three shots. And they gave me the three shots, but they thought I must have meant three sugars too. And now I've got three shots and three sugars in my coffee. And he said, ah, first world problems. I said, yeah, but that's still terrible service. <laughs> You've still got a right to go, ah. He was like, he was mildly peeved. That seems appropriate. Don't beat yourself up, Dr. McGee. <laughs> You're allowed to be disappointed in life. I think people's way of – I think they almost like congratulate themselves by saying, yeah, first world problems. It's their way of saying like, I shouldn't be complaining about this, but I wanted to. Well, you know, it's like when someone makes a joke and goes, I, I'm just joking. Like, you just said it. We either understand that you are joking or you come off like kind of an asshole – but there's no reason to go, I'm just, just joking. And I feel like virtual problems is that same thing. Like, just complain. Just get it out there and just let it be there. If someone thinks you're a jerk, they'll say it. They'll go, oh, poor you. And they'll go, yeah, I know. But you're still allowed to complain. Go for it. Exactly, exactly. Well, we got the preamble out of the way, Dave. That was fantastic. <laughs> I really got some hard-hitting rants off my chest. I hadn't really given too much thought to first world problems, but I do. Yeah, I'm. I'm. Anytime anyone has a complaint about, I know there are bigger problems in the world, but like printer ink is way too expensive. That's definitively a first world thing, but it's one of the most annoying first world problems there. It, to a certain degree, oh man, here's where the rant takes a shift. Some lack of luxury things are better. You have technology and all the things that we have now when it's malfunctioning. The third world, i.e. originally uh, any place on Earth, so for me, locally or regionally, the United States, they had third world issues, whether it was plumbing or whatnot. It was just from a different time period. They didn't know what the – yes, the, the diseases and things, significantly worse, and the treatment a lot more painful, but they didn't have to worry about expensive printer ink. So there are pros and cons to both sides. I'll say this about the world is that Luke Skywalker's – parents got it right they had spaceships i presume they had some sort of internet they had lots of handy things but they farmed <laughs> so they used they had the best of both worlds and you know they used their hands and they had spaceships that is really uh, strange i mean you look at farms now they have internet they have television but it's not like they have a lear jet outside that they zoom around in that's right and they've got all this technology but can't pump in some water, can't <laughs> capture a comet and, you know, Earth style, uh, you know, the way the Earth maybe captured uh, water comets. Yeah. You know, capture a comet. Let's put some water on that dirt farm. Yeah. Yeah, you're uh, right. But anyway, I mean, you know, that's the only thing they got wrong. I mean, I say they got it right, but. Uh, but if you have those means, like, couldn't you sell one spaceship and get a farm that's in a less dusty locale yeah well i would have thought you know the best thing they would have went in as a young couple you know waited for the land to appreciate and then move over to a more damp area of the planet yeah. because not much was happening there plant wise seems like unless you know there'd been scorched earth policy by the by the empire yeah it was like take a couple years and deal with this and then when it when it rejuvenates then you're gonna really have a lush beautiful space and we just saw that's the your, downtime that's your movie that's your next <laughs> movie Whoever is now making the movies, is it Disney or is it still is it still uh, George? 
And he sold, didn't George sell it all? And yeah, then give the money back he to sold charity, it all. Which was a nice move, classy move. Yeah, that guy is, a friend of mine is um, was working in a school district around Marin County. She said she went in for this um, meeting and the initiative was to like, how can we, I think it had to do with two parts. The wealthy people, all their kids were getting into drugs and uh, the people that had fewer means, uh, the kids were just falling behind. So they were like, how can we put together kind of a task force to, to make sure we're paying attention to all the kids? And so they had this meeting and she was on the board for this group that was initiating this. And they went into a room and there was George Lucas. And she was like, it happened so quickly. I didn't have a chance to freak out. It's almost better that it's just a surprise. Yeah. Like, oh, here's our you know, secret benefactor of these things. But I think he does a lot of things like that, um, which I don't know if this was the case in Australia, but for a while when I was a kid, anyone that made a public show of philanthropy was labeled an asshole, which I never understood. Like, you're just doing this for the attention. And I always felt like, well, who cares? They're doing it. So now it's much more respected if people do it quietly behind the scenes. And it seems like that's what George Lucas does a lot of. So good guy that guy seems like. I think he's all right. I think he's all right. I mean, he hasn't done much with his life, but as he always says, yeah, sure, I'm not up to producing my 70th movie, but I, I watched after all my kids, and that's what I wanted to do. God, I don't know. I mean, you can you can leave that guy alone. He's fine. <laughs> there's, there's monsters out there. I usually go on. I like to pick someone like that, and when people start really getting after someone unnecessarily. I mean, I think he took it, but from a place of love, from like the ultra fans. They're like, come on, George, why'd you do this? What they're secretly saying is like, I love you so much, my expectations are high, but you really let me down with this thing. And by that, it means I'm just an insufferable fan, basically. Those people always, your classic like uh, comic book guy from The Simpsons. Yeah. Um, but you know, Some people like, have only got a few hits, you know. Look, look, at, look at Blondie. You know, I mean, I know I'm older than you, so but still look at Blondie and say, you know, uh, 15 charting hits, seven really great songs, two classic songs. Um, you know, what more do you want? They're not the Beatles. You know, they, they, they had a few hits in them. George had a few hits in him. <laughs> I mean, it's still, I mean, it's still uh, not better than the average person on the street. Not not better as a person, but it's it's artistically thousands of percent better than the average person on the street, you know. So, uh, but anyway, look, people yeah. love to have a side swipe at a pudgy guy with too much hair. <laughs> I will. I mean, he's uh, pudgy. If he's, I could, yeah, if I could sure. attack him on anything, he's I mean, like, I don't see the point of being a billionaire and being and ta- you know having. You know, poor health is yeah. what he's heading for. <laughs> That's true. But think about all the delicious desserts you can afford at any meal, no matter what the bill is. You're like, let's hold off. That's $11 for a fudge cake. I don't know. That that seems a little... Let's hold off. We, we have those brownies at home. You never have to think about that. It doesn't even occur to you to be like, ah, let's hold off. This is already going to be a pretty extravagant meal. You can just always get desserts. I could see being a little pudgy, like yacht pudgy. Yeah, yeah, yacht yacht pudgy, yacht pudgy. Um, That's a phrase I'll be using in the future. (laughs) Hello. That was Dan Pritchard, our old pal. Good to check in with him. And from the land down under down there, he's that's the voice of the guy who puts this show together every week out of the goodness of his little Australian heart. And if you'd like to uh, see that Dan gets compensated for that, perhaps you could support the show on Patreon. When we get to a certain patron level, start kicking Dan some cash and pay him as he rightfully deserves. And thanks to those of you who do support the show. And anyone who has rated or reviewed or subscribed or anything like that, it is helpful to the show. Let's get into some hardcore chatting. This is... Uh, a guest that we we had a, a little bit of scheduling delay, and therefore um, this is coming out a little later than I wanted it to. But I'm ex- I'm excited. I, we've talked about anthropology and archaeology before, but we've never really fully delved into just anthropology. And she's getting her master's in that currently. Really, just a delight to talk to. As as you'll hear, I hope you enjoy it. We have some Uinta uh, Baba Blacklogger, and I don't know if you that's how you say it, Uinta. Like, are you into this? U-I-N-T-A Brewing. I've had some of their beers before from Utah, but this this black lager I think you'll enjoy. Here's part one with Natalie Vindovich. 
Oh, I'm glad you asked. I'm going to open mine yeah. recording, like fully work. This. Oh, that got like a triple snap. Okay. <laughs> Even quadruple and quintuple. This is the Uinta, I assume is how you say it. Uinta? Baba Black Lager. I think they're based out of Utah. I've had some of their beers before, but not this one. Yeah, Salt Lake City, Utah. Okay, yep. And then it has this, um, I've never seen this before, kind of like a meter you would get on a video game. Hops, if there are segments, it's like an eighth of the way. So not very hoppy. It's not very hoppy. Pretty full on malt, though. Maybe like... good, yep. I don't know. Like 80%. 80%. Yeah, that's what I was going to guess too. And then toward the lotter, lighter side on body mm-hmm. and then color more toward the dark side. Yep. Cool. So I'm looking forward to trying this. You're the first person to say that you liked and or wanted a, a dark lager. I'm all about the dark lagers. That's my favorite actually. So I'm glad. Cool. I don't like IPAs. I think it tastes like uh, lawn clippings. <laughs> no offense to anyone. <laughs> there was a wheat beer, but weirdly it described itself as being hoppy, which I don't typically associate them with Yeah, I that. wouldn't either. I wouldn't associate... Yeah. yeah, I thought that was kind of a miracle beer because you mentioned you like that as well, that you like mm-hmm. I like either, beers. it's weird, like the really light crisp ones or the really dark ones, so not a lot of in-between. Do you like favorites. stouts also, like porters? Yeah, I like, like stouts and porters. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, dark lagers, mm-hmm. oddly, uh, not not all that um, abundant in at least the store that I went to. Okay, yeah, think- no, it's hard to find, yep, that good... Yeah, there are a few of them like that. They're, mm-hmm. When you start looking for them, like, oh, I associ- I assume this beer is really popular, whatever style is it is. so fizzy. Did I put Oh, it? yeah, you might have to let it chill for a bit. <laughs> Quite a bit of head on oh, that boy, one. Oh, all right. <laughs> um, yeah, mine does too. So maybe that's just part of the beer. I'm usually, I usually pour it down the side, like at an angle, mm-hmm. and let it dribble in. Well, that's what I should have done. I got excited for this beer, and I just dumped it. Straight in? Just straight in. So we yeah. have to wait till the, okay. till the bubbles go down. Did you ever have this like at a keg party or something where someone would say, oh, you got all the foam there. Mm-hmm. You take a little bit of the oil on the side of your nose or like your face no. and you like swirl it on the top. And the theory was that it would, that oil, once it got in there, not on the glass, like <laughs> a, on the actual foam. Oh, ew. All right. But then you would see all these college kids with their finger in their beard. Oh, that beard. sounds horrifying. It yeah, doesn't I do, I don't think it does anything. <laughs> there was one time I saw someone do it and like everywhere their finger touched the foam, it was <laughs> melting away like a laser on snow okay okay that's was the only that, time i saw it work they were probably greasy undergrad kids so maybe <laughs> that is a thing yeah that, yeah <laughs> uh so you have not heard that but now i'm gonna have to try that one day okay i'm extra oily and you know have sure a beer with a lot of foam in it yeah you don't look particularly oily currently so i don't think it's gonna work well i don't think tonight. it's gonna work tonight but, but. down the road if you ever <laughs> <laughs> you ever there having might be, yeah. <laughs> the same scenario again mm-hmm. you got that oil just ready yep. on a yep. <laughs> on an oily day and then you mentioned undergrad which yes. i always find is a subtle way to know that someone is well educated okay because people go do you go to college and that's kind of a sure and then thing. that's just the yeah and an undergrad person like me with just a degree mm-hmm. say i went to college okay yep. and then people that <laughs> went a, a level higher than that go well, yeah, I did. I went to undergrad at, or the, you know, and I, mm-hmm. I just think it's like a very, it's an elegant term, like undergrad. It is. That's, um, yeah, I never thought of it that way, but that's, that's a good <laughs> point. I had to stop and pause and think about that because I say it not even thinking twice, but uh-huh. you're right. A lot of people just say college or I went to university here, Yeah, uh, but they won't get into yeah, like in the UK. Where'd you go to university? And I don't mm-hmm. know what they, what would they call post? I went to post. I went to. Maybe that would be it. I've actually, I actually don't know that answer. I don't either. Where did you go to? Do they have graduate school? Is that what it's called? Yeah, and I've had it? people on the show mm-hmm. that studied there and I just can't recall it at the moment what they referred to it as. But I think mm-hmm. here, I did, I did undergrad here and then I did whatever. So did you get a master's? Do you get a PhD? Both? Um, so I got uh, a master's degree here, and mm-hmm. I'm actually still on the tail end of that, so it's pretty exciting Cool time in my life for that. Where at? Which school? Um, Cal State LA. Sweet. So I finished all of my classes for my master's degree in anthropology, and I'm working on my thesis right now. Mm-hmm. So I have all the info. I just need to write it. Yeah. Uh, so that's what I'm going to be working on this year. Oh, cool. 
Is that hard? You know, you mm-hmm. um, before coming over here tonight, not to reveal too much of your life, but you're like, oh, I was staining a piano. Yes, yeah. <laughs> you seem like a person that gets things done. Like, sure, yeah. Problems does them. Does that apply to things that like a thesis? I don't associate mm-hmm. totally with being a creative work, but it's writing, which mm-hmm. therefore then feels like maybe there's a a, a little creative bit of a, element, something. To yeah. It. Is it hard to sit down and actually go like, okay, here's the first sentence? It's so hard to do. I, there's all these, uh, someone recently showed me a comic of just, um, you know, funny thesis things. And it really is like, you want to sit down and do it. You do all the research, you spend, you know, a couple years of your life compiling all the data. And then you sit down and write it. And it's like, I will do literally anything. I'll like go scrub <laughs> the bathtub. I will, you know, like, you know, go through my unpaid bills and, and pay them and and organize my kitchen or anything yeah. to avoid the thesis. <laughs> so it's like a professional procrastination at yeah. the graduate level. My, and I've heard that from a lot of people. And it should be exciting because it's your own research. No one's forcing you to do a thesis. You could the, not the do one. <laughs> cross, my friend Dave was just on the show. He's a screen printer and an mm-hmm. illustrator and phenomenally good at it. And when I see people that are that productive, I just assume like they can't wait to go do it. Right. But he said the exact same thing. Like sometimes when it's just not there, it's the motivation might be there, but just the actual like culmination mm-hmm. of it coming together and being an outpouring, mm-hmm. he'll do exactly what you just said. And so I think there's a part of the human psyche that very much is like, I'm doing something. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm not wasting my time or my right. life. Right. That's <laughs> I just happen to not be doing the thing I need to be doing. That's an excellent way to phrase it. And I remember the other night I was actually trying to work on it and I got up and I did a couple small projects or called someone or did some things that I had to play catch up on that I had been avoiding but that wasn't the time to do them but I did (laughs) so it's funny because my brain was going okay okay you're in the zone you're doing something great great progress but then I looked at my computer and I'm like oh still not one word on that (laughs) on that section I was going to write so (laughs) and so getting getting a master's in anthropology Mm -hmm. and then first of all I just had a sip of this beer I'm okay so the foam has just gone down on mine it miraculously went down way faster than mine and i felt like even though i couldn't see it because my glass is opaque Mm -hmm. i assumed i didn't have nearly as much foam as you did that was a lot of foam yeah that was like the majority was foam in that i wish i had taken a picture it was like (laughs) 95 percent foam i agree with that estimate so i'm gonna try this but the um how do you say it baba black lager yeah yeah black sheep oh that's yeah and there's a picture there's a picture of a black sheep (laughs) (laughs) oh i just caught that yeah. Nice. Utah right. b- making beer well. I'm sure they get plenty of jokes at uh, brewers festivals and things like that. About oh, that's it. delicious. Yeah, really mm-hmm. good. Really, really good. It tastes, it tastes like a dessert almost. Like yeah. it's a really dark, like. Um, What's the flavor that's in there that mm-hmm. they always do like nutty for like browns? I'll say this is kind of nutty. Mm-hmm. And this has kind of a warm, toasty, nutty. Warm, toasty. Kind of- it's, oh, it was, you know, aged in this kind of wood barrel and this and this, but yeah. I never understand. But this one doesn't have, there's something the that a lot of, that. of like the porters or the browns will have that's maybe a little too like, take this. Mm-hmm. And I feel like this is very subtle. It's desserty. It is subtle. It's desserty, nice but it's not trying to be like, I've had those ones that try to be coffee flavored beer or this kind of beer, oatmeal flavored beer. And it just tastes a little. Yeah, yeah. Maybe too engineered with that, mm-hmm. infused with that flavor. But this tastes subtle and uh, and refreshing. This is the first this black is a, this lager. This great beer. Yep. But yeah, I love it. We Well, we had... Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Shiner Bach, which I don't mm-hmm. think that's a Bach. I think it's actually a lager, and it's dark in color. Uh, it tastes nothing like this. This is fantastic. So oh, I this think is this fantastic. is fantastic. I'm going to have to remember where you got this to. Yeah, check this out might Uinta. be my new uh, black lager because oh, it's hard to find these types of beers sometimes. Yeah, so to find good ones to. Yeah, this is great. So anthropology, getting your masters, and I'm also. Uh, oh, sorry, I'm getting um. A certificate in GIS, uh, Geographic Information Systems, too, along with my master's. Whoa, so I'm doing sweet. them both at once. So that's been a little crazy. But Are you going to work um, for like a mining company or what do you think? I'm not sure yet what I want to do with it. I ended up um, with anthropology master's. You had to pick a skill set in our program. So you could pick, um, I think it was film, statistics, language, or GIS. Mm-hmm. And GIS was kind of the, I don't want to say maybe intimidating, kind of hard, data yeah. science-y, computer design coding type option but i thought oh that sounds fun and challenging and i ended up really liking it so i wanted to go ahead with the um, four classes for the certification too along with that sweet so i'm also uh, i'm taking um remote sensing class for that that's satellite imaging Uh this fall and then i have one more this spring and 
Hopefully everything will be done by then. Thesis plus GIS stuff Sweet. and Anthro Masters. Nice. What I'm going to do with all that, we're not quite sure yet, but it seems like a excited for good... the the packaging of all that. That yeah, yeah. <laughs> it seems like your quiver full of arrows has mm-hmm. a lot of potential targets. If that makes oh, that's any a sense. great way to put that. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I said <laughs> I'm a bit of a lightweight. I think I can already feel that. Uh, oh boy, that slight. Yeah. Okay, well take it easy. I don't want. <laughs> I even had to take an Uber over here because I was going to drink one beer. So that's okay. Well, if you find yourself too inebriated Mm -hmm. after this single beer, because you're you're not someone of immense stature. No, exactly. That's what a one beer should be fine. (laughs) It's always it's always. um, I was wondering if you ever had anyone get really drunk on this show. Just uh, no. There there have been a couple people that got a little giggly and they're like, "Oh, I think I'm tipsy." Yes, but they weren't noticeably drunk. Um, knocking over the microphone or spilling the beer around right or, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's been other people that uh were like hey when, when do we have more beer okay and i okay. feel like oh sorry i didn't I, you, you drove and they'd go mm-hmm. they always have something look how big i am or, or i'm from this sort of bloodline or i'm used yeah. to it or there's always something where i'm like okay but, so i have a de- i don't know what my default setting is it's typically like okay. i just okay. don't want anyone to get too drunk and then attempt to drive even if that's one beer or i half even a beer i even took an, i planned ahead and i took an uber it was cheap it was easy don't have to worry about parking okay, and good. but it always cracks me up when people use the excuse like oh i'm such and such from this bloodline or culture because i feel like every culture boasts that they drink a lot if you're russian you drink a lot if you're italian oh i drink a lot of wine if you're german yeah. you drink a lot is there yep. any country that goes oh well i'm from so-and-so so i don't drink a lot yeah i can't, I, can't think, I, can't. I, can, I would want to maybe say the like uh, pacific islands like, huh. I don't, I think maybe there's some rum That's drinks true. and stuff. Yeah, but I, I feel like they drink a lot of rum or something or something. They have to. I haven't since, drink? like, high school hung out with many, like, mm-hmm. um, Tongans or um, Hawaiians or, you know, I I don't know if that is a thing. Mm-hmm. And maybe someone listening is like, dude, that's our thing, as every culture is. But sure. just thinking back to high school and stuff, I don't remember that being uh that being a major like a come on defining... i'm irish you know yeah. i'm gonna be drunk that kind <laughs> right of thing. you know i'm you know i'm from england <laughs> yeah. you know drinking or you know yeah any mm-hmm. any region ah come on i'm from south america we enjoy life we drink exactly yeah. every place on the <laughs> every planet. place or every state oh wisconsin we drink pennsylvania again yeah drunk. you're like everyone yeah that's <laughs> <laughs> um you were mentioning the the sensing kind of imaging stuff, and mm-hmm. we just listened to this podcast where uh, it's, they're they're wanting to look for skeletal remains thirty five years later, okay. and at some point, I think maybe ten years after the crime, they did some. And I know they do this. Uh, well, there's a variety of things I've seen on this. There were these tunnels mm-hmm. in. Oh boy, this is I'm way off now. But this was a, a Nazi thing and they mm-hmm. there was this great escape from this this pit they dug mm-hmm. and they had like the, the Jews living down there and they would hoist the ladder up mm-hmm. and so at night a group like dug tunnels and mm-hmm. tunneled out and this was living as like a lore for a long time. And okay. then with new technology, they were like, we, were we want to go. Oh, and they went and mapped it out with this sensing, sensing device. Stuff. That's insane. It was incredible. Yeah. They redug up the tunnels. They got mm-hmm. an accurate map of where it all had happened. It was unbelievable and just unbelievable cruelty as always with it. But of course, in yeah, particular but with this pit, it was unreal. I feel like that's giving it a little bit of, um, what's the word? Uh, not validation or um, closure or something to a horrible tragedy that happened that we're able to take this technology and maybe get some answers or some yeah. peace of mind for that horrible thing that happened and mm-hmm. instead of just letting yeah. that be. So I think that's a good thing, but it's... Yes, yeah, it's, so, it's always a bummer that it ha- bummer, yeah. typically has to do with... It's mm-hmm. not like you're finding the city of Atlantis a lot of the times. Right, yeah. This one involved, I think, mass graves. Mm-hmm. And then the podcast I was referencing is a woman who just went missing mm-hmm. and... No one seems to know where she is, and they just want that closure of like we mm-hmm. think she's in the back of the house, or we think she's by the pool, or and and the idea that right. you could come in and be like, technology is advancing at this rate. At this rate, you could. And is it going pretty quickly, like compared to say ten years ago, what you guys are working with now? I think so. I think definitely with the advent of what I'm finding, it's interesting that yes, there's the um, umbrella of academia, and you can go to class and learn these things. But what's advancing it, in my opinion, is the fact that everyone has access to all this information online or apps or smartphones, or you can teach yourself anything basically online or at a meetup or looking, um, just picking apart, you know, a website or going to the code or, or learning. And so now it's kind of open to everyone to learn. It's not reserved for like an elite 
group of people. Yeah. Um, the fact that anyone can kind of contribute to this knowledge or if you go on Reddit or someone will make a discovery or something and it's just an average person and then people will take that and, you know, use their own technology or go further with it. I think that's kind of advancing it more than, yes, the technology is moving at a rapid pace, but the fact that everyone's kind of in on it and discovering new things yeah. is the extra push that did not happen in the past when we didn't have you know, internet or, or smartphones or the whole world at our fingertips. I was just thinking about that today. Mm-hmm. The sense of not necessarily open source, but the, right, the not, intersection of like ingenuity yes, and, exactly. and convenience. Convenient. Yep. Mm-hmm. And there was, um, we, as Emily Rose mentioned, we went to the Natural History Museum. Yes. And one yes. of the things they had there was not only an old school animating table, but an actual note on it from Walt Disney. Uh-huh. And you can see the wood. You can see where they built. Mm-hmm. They just manufactured it as needed. Like, oh, we're going to need a counterweight here. And then we will push mm-hmm. down on this. We want the glass to fold down. And there's your frame. Then we'll shoot it into the camera. But then when we let up on our foot thing, the glass mm-hmm. frame will come back up on and on and on. And I just thought like the trial and error that went into that, really right. impressive. <laughs> and potentially a team of people gathered around all going, a no, team no, of it people needs went, this. Yes, it needs this and this. And, and now your team is however many views your how-to kind of has on YouTube or I something. I was just thinking that. Or like I, you mentioned earlier, I was standing a piano. I've been doing some work on, on my place here uh-huh. in LA this week. And a few times I had a question of, oh, what? how would I... Um, make this work or what's the best um, stain or cleaner or device or so-and-so apparatus to use for this project Uh and instead of trial and error messing things up uh, getting a million people involved or you know hiring a professional I just went on YouTube or I went on a blog or I went on um, you know a different just there's so many sources online and I could pick and choose like oh well this method plus this method is the perfect um, storm of you know, a concoction that I would need to make this work. And, you know, you do it yourself. And now I have a, a new thing to contribute that I can tell people online if I'm ever writing a forum. Oh, you know, I did this particular thing this way or I used this. And yeah, just like you said, that's a whole that didn't really yeah. exist before. I can't, yeah. But I does it do you think it diminishes <laughs> our our own personal ingenuity? Like even in some of those videos, sometimes the person mm-hmm. will be like, you can get this tool. It costs twelve dollars. I right. took this and I taped this to it. It works the exact same. And you, I watch it like that's so clever. And yes. I, and because I'm watching it, my brain is kind of turned off. So I don't know that I would think of that. You know, when you're forced to bit. like, yeah, kind of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's. I forget the quote that um something breeds necessity. Oh, and this is the mother of all invention. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I feel like. Uh, a little bit. You should watch them, but not let it. It's it's tricky. You don't want it to diminish your own thought process. Yeah. Or maybe watch several and then piece together. Okay, well, I don't want to do it exactly that way, but I can make this item with this thing I have that's similar, but not the same thing. So I try to pay attention to that. Yeah. And not just blindly. But it's it's a comfortable spot sometimes, and it's easy just to go, oh, that and that, that. Okay, done. But Well, even having what? the wherewithal maybe to look for the video right. is part of your, like, I solve things, sure. and I'll use every resource I have. Mm-hmm. Our resources are really, they're growing around us all the time. So maybe that's it. Do you feel like your brain's on? That's kind of a dumb question, but you talk to people now that are like, huh, I don't do mm-hmm. this as much. Or I don't, you know, I just feel like I'm kind of going through them. I hear a lot of people say that. I do. I hear, um, I hear people say, someone said to me, I'm trying to think the quote, oh, I feel like my life is just on one um, continuous loop or someone's just trying to keep me on the track or it's boring. It never deviates from the norm. And I don't feel like my life is like that, but I hear that complaint a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't, I don't have a yeah. good answer for that with people that feel like that but maybe it's just a common human <laughs> i think thing. it's just a common human thing and i could see how i feel like this is a every generation has had their own um particular problems with new technology or jobs or whatever the division of labor was that particular time in history with feeling stuck or monotonous or whatever because i think humans need a sense of adventure i think we need you know all of our you know basic needs but we also need exploration and adventure and trying new things and yeah. maybe people lose a sense of that a little bit in modern society. I agree. Mm-hmm. And I just thought of something that maybe ties that back into anthropology or into, um, are you doing anthropology and archaeology? So it's in the same department. I've taken archaeology classes, but my focus is a uh, sociocultural anthropology. Oh, okay. So I have had 
an archaeological theory class, and I've had bioarch, but I'm not an expert. <laughs> okay. Well, this maybe ties more into the geology side. Okay, geology, I know, for okay. just from not studying it, just from going out and digging. Yeah, yeah. But, sweet. <laughs> but, oh, yeah, Emily Rose was telling me that you have a, a crystal in the, the trunk of your car. I do, which actually did get moved up to my um, balcony. Oh, okay, nice. And I am going to need to put it in my shower or my sink, but it is bigger than my head. It's too heavy for me to lift. Holy so I'm crap. trying to think of the best way to uh, clean all the dirt off. It's a big smoky quartz. Kind of like that one at the Natural History Museum you probably saw. Yeah. It's, I know exactly where that one's located in there in the middle and you can kind of you can go up and touch <laughs> it. And <laughs> it's there about that size, like that. but it's um it's not as dazzling or as perfectly like terminated as that one in the museum. But it's still a nice specimen. So I'd like to... <laughs> ne- next goal is figuring out how to clean that off. But anyway, about <laughs> about geology. That's so fascinating. There was one, per- you find out like in the gem and mineral section that mm-hmm. a lot of the collection is donated by people. Yes. And there's, as with everything on earth, there is a culture mm-hmm. that just draws people in. Retired people. I was born to do this as a kid. I loved mm-hmm. it. But at some point, people collect gems and minerals. They have they do, shows yeah. and they judge them and hand out trophies. Mm-hmm. And then at the end of the life, the person goes, here, you can yes, have it. They did. <laughs> and now you're kind of working your way into that world by just right. even just having the one. <laughs> yeah, I found, um, I didn't really realize that geology is such a big passion and big field and people's private collections. Oh my gosh, is really where it's at. Yeah. And like you said, exactly. Then they'll donate maybe when they retire mm-hmm. or whatnot. But then it makes me think about why are we so drawn as humans to shiny rocks since you know human history they've been digging up and using them for decoration or meaning or or this or yeah ritual or different things i used to as a kid i always wondered that like why Why? on earth we have stores we have too much of it so we (laughs) not only have stores where we sell it we have storage of it to to keep the demand or keep the 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 supply down so Mm -hmm. demand is always up and I just always thought that was so weird. Like it is a little. Bizarre. When I was a kid, I th- I thought maybe like a diamond was something mm-hmm. that just came down on a beam from the from aliens or something. Right. And like here is one diamond. And then you find out like this was just dug out of the ground. I know. Very it's, similar to that pebble. What if I put this pebble on my finger? Exactly. Why don't we? Or it's not like the diamond that we pull out has that meaning. We as humans ascribe that. Yeah. Monetary and you know social you know hierarchy value to that. Mm-hmm. But why? <laughs> I have no. I mean, when I, I don't know either. <laughs> isn't there a pool though? I mean, you own one, so when you see sure, it, there yes. is like a. Human... There is a pool. There's a pool to go. Ooh, and you know, you want to yeah. learn. And it's it's part of the. Um, I dig with a uh, with someone who is um, very much in the geology, and mining group of Southern California on his private claim. He has a, a mine claim out here on the. You can have a land. private claim. Yeah, yeah, you can. Yep. Through, cool. And could I just buy a plot of land? And with yes. a pickaxe, dig for two feet and be like, that's my claim. <laughs> I think, I'm not sure the procedure, but you can get um, BLM oh, yeah. land, I believe. I don't know the, uh, that's what he has. I'm not sure of the uh, process for that. But I okay. know it's still, there's still people doing it because I go out to that one all the time. <laughs> and you have to stake your claim. And, and, and uh, there's definitely spots that are very active with that. And no one else can dig on the claim. It's a secret location. Whoa. But I remember digging there. And for a while, it was just kind of fun and cathartic to take a hammer. You know, I'm in grad school. I have a lot of angst and like <laughs> imposter syndrome and <laughs> and like and just rage I need to get out so at first it was just nice to hit something with like a big rock yeah. hammer and I was just kind of doing it for fun but then toward the end I became more attuned and more um inclined to find the jemmy smoky quartz and then the last time I went I found the the best one that was a double terminated really nice just extracted it perfectly and I remember when I hit that little pocket of smoky quartz and extracted that it was like one of the best i can't really describe the feeling of finding that and pulling it out and pulling out the shiny perfectly shaped rock from the earth and holding it up and and going ah like but i know from prospectors i've talked to they have that experience and it's you're like overcome with emotion it's such a great feeling but then you think why it's just a rock you're pulling out of the ground <laughs> it's so weird though how many yeah. things like that for humans for humans if you yes pull if you grab just the top of a carrot in the earth yes and yes. you pull it and it breaks off <laughs> right horrible feeling horrible feeling but when it gives way and it comes out perfectly it's amazing why does that do something to our brain in the same mm-hmm. way that chiseling out a rock that mm-hmm. comes out so smoothly this came out so smooth because they're all broken they're, that's the norm and you pull that one out and it, it came out perfectly there wasn't a mark on it when I extracted it I was like oh you know it was <laughs> eureka like it was wonderful but yeah, yeah. Why, or when you pull out a carrot
parrot or anything like that. That's a great example. I um, you, my dad um, mm-hmm. had a fence company, and I when I was a kid, I used to help and. You'd see a rock sticking out in the hole that you're digging for this post, and then taking mm-hmm. like a, a pry bar, or just a dig bar, and yes, hitting it. Yes. You like you can see exactly can see like it. that's the leverage point, but it never works. It takes right. like two or three takes, or four, mm-hmm. and then when it like crack, same feeling, same feeling. No yep. value to that rock, but like <laughs> your your hole is that much further advanced. But that, right. it's a good feeling. It's a good feeling, and clearly, this is not a unique feeling to me. This is. A very human experience from digging rocks and various things out of the earth. But I, I'm not sure. That's, that would be a good question to explore. That'd be an excellent uh, anthropology thesis, actually. I kind of wish I had thought of that earlier. That's a really good idea that you have. Yeah. <laughs> I'm fascinated by it yes. in that, like, the same way that, you know, at the 600 feet under the surface of the ocean, mm-hmm. tons of life. And it's yep. weird and colorful. Alien life. Just alien. amazing. It's yeah, like yeah, yeah. A, another world. Methane things mm-hmm. and things that feed on that. But that or they don't need light or they, they make energy different. Just craziness. It's yeah. Like, how it, does that? <laughs> and these minerals, it feels mm-hmm. like a like God tinkering, just trying mm-hmm. like, oh, with humans or even just mammals or even anything that's moving. I got it going. I got these atoms in the order I want it and yeah. they're moving. The mm-hmm. rocks, yes, they're pretty. Mm-hmm. They don't move. I, no, they don't move. They're, they're over stagnant. and over trying again and again. There's something right. to me that just seems very much like, and when we crack into it, like, ha ha, mm-hmm. here's another t- attempt you made and I have found it. And it feels yeah, good. And when I tried good. it out, it feels good. Yeah, that's that's a, yeah, I'll have to think about that. Well, that'll be percolating around my brain later, but that's a good way to put that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so the thing I was going to bring up that talks about a bit about geology is mm-hmm. that and this is maybe the resource or the sourcing of your team uh, in the beginning of the internet. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm blanking on the code that was sort of the infrastructure of all data databases and what the essentially how the internet or just computers in general. I think were Linux. Does that sound right? Like a, a code language mm-hmm. that a person maybe in Norway. This story is completely butchered. Okay, the, no, that's all right. I'm trying to figure out where start of it's kind of roughly on the right okay. track. Yep. But uh, posted a posted it. I guess the, what would have existed at this point. This is uh, could he have done it online? People from around the world started finding it and adding on to it. And everyone mm-hmm. said, "You're crazy! You've given away a billion dollar idea." And the oh. person just said, "I don't care. I just want to see it." See it, yeah. <laughs> and so people from around the world helped, and it was. Mm-hmm generated and and it worked and this sounds like the open source for like wordpress or something it wasn't that Mm -hmm. this was like well prior to that anyway mining companies now and i think Mm -hmm. even currently have started doing that where they can give accurate like geological survey information but they don't know where to drill Mm -hmm. so they'll just post it online and be like if you can give us an accurate reason as to why (laughs) if we hit something we'll give you like two hundred thousand dollars yes i didn't realize that but okay that that makes sense. That's a. It's funny because that's almost um, when you think back to uh, prospecting and how it's changed. It used to be like, oh, we're going up to you know north to Alaska or somewhere mm-hmm. out west to California. Like the state was founded on people going, ooh, shiny things. Like yeah, let's out here uh, and just striking the ground, then talking to people word of mouth, and then oh, well, they have this claim, so maybe there's gold up in these hills too, or let's try this location next to it. And now it's evolving to well, it's community is online now yeah so let's find all these little obscure spots like hey if you have a mineral rich property or something that you know about and you let us drill there you find something like let us come in that that's it's taking that direction but it's still the same goal and sentiment behind it it's, yeah. it's basically like miners trying to yeah but you're right to like find, the, yep <laughs> all of the all the things that go and I, and that maybe ties back into like God designing stuff, or if you mm-hmm. watch Westworld, like creating a world. I do. I was actually on an episode of Westworld. What? Yeah. <laughs> what episode were you on? Um, I was on. <laughs> this is crazy. Yeah, I was on the episode. Um, I'm also in Screen Actors Guild, which okay, I feel cool. like not a lot of people know. Here, but um, I was on the episode. It's season one. I don't know if it's four or five. It's the episode where um, I forget the two guys and Dolores. They go to the crazy kind of Sodom and Gomorrah type decadent village area. And there's that creepy Day of the Dead parade. It's like that um, Day of the Dead episode. Mm -hmm. And um, there's the parade going by with the like fire and dancers and skeletons. And I am one of the dancers in the parade. Sweet. As a skeleton. So you will see me 
dance by for a second. Is your face all painted? <laughs> yes, it's all painted, so you can't really tell. It's completely like full body, you know, like paint, everything was covered in paint and hair stuff and decor and big flowers and full full black and white skeleton paint so sweet so i'd have to point it out but yeah that's uh, (laughs) (laughs) that's so you have a a vast array of interests and also like things that you have done people are interested in stuff but anyway Mm -hmm. that's pretty cool thanks yeah and then anyways (laughs) so watching westworld and the and just Mm -hmm. the spirit of that show not to spoil anything but it's a lot about like Beyond just consciousness and existence mm-hmm. and reality. I think it's a great is, show that explores that. Yeah, so it's, it's phenomenal. phenomenal. Yeah, I think it's great. To me, mm-hmm. what always resonates is like humans are going to get bored mm-hmm. without some carrot out there or without some narrative story where they can at least attempt to be kind of a hero, whatever that mm-hmm. means. If it's running a small business or right. in the days of early United States, yes. a variety of things, but particularly the West. Particularly Go the out West. Here, that actually risk everything. Yeah, that actually was one of my when I was deciding what to do my thesis topic on one of the um, kind of exactly what you just said. One of the things I explored, but this would be more of a PhD exploratory, long term big thesis, not a master's thesis. Was literally like the the West spirit, how this um, you know state was settled, what the how how the um, prospecting you know go west adventurous American spirit when that all happened, kind of, um, I'm thinking the right word, influenced the whole country and how that's really ingrained in American culture, exactly what you just said, and how it's still going on today and what that means. Because, you know, before kind of how, you know, the West came into fruition and prospecting and this and this, there wasn't that idea that you could just go out, explore, pull the carrot out, so to speak. Yeah. I like that. I'm going to use that, fra- that phrase all the time. That's when I am <laughs> finding, when, I, <laughs> when I'm exploring something new. You know, you could strike it rich and then suddenly if it, it wasn't just like, okay, you study, you get a job or whatever in old times and then you, this is your life. It's like, oh, you could be adventurous and strike something and it could be, you know, the next huge thing and this yeah. kind of like blew open the whole mindset of the country and then everybody wanted to do that. And, and you see it today and like, oh, well, I went, I came from nothing and I started this small business or I had this idea. We started it in our garage. Like that, boom, the tech industry, I feel like sprung from a lot of that same um, emotional place of trying something new. Absolutely. And striking it big. Are you from the West originally? Uh, I'm actually from uh, south of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, originally. Okay. And I've lived here for nine years. So, so much like the spirit of mm-hmm. the West, you came out here for... Kind of exactly. I, yeah. I always said since I was a little kid, I wanted to live in California. And my family's like, oh, yeah, yeah, good, good luck with that. <laughs> so I went to undergrad in Pennsylvania. And then I, I worked for a year there. And I just um, loaded up my... I have a salvaged Oldsmobile. I still Sweet. have it. Uh, I drove like that out. With, what um, sort of Olds are we talking about here? Oldsmobile Alero. So it's, oh, okay. it's not too bad. It's a great car. It still runs great. Mm-hmm. Um, I bought it when I was 19. I'm 32. Hey. And it's salvaged. Still still great Oldsmobile. Cool. But so I, yeah, I, I let, just loaded that up with some suitcases full of clothes. Your carbon footprint, sorry to jump in there, but yeah. your carbon footprint is a lot smaller. People will be like, yeah, this old thing, this clunker. Yeah. Every the manufacturing, <laughs> everything that you just by using things. Exactly, but just I. That's what um, yeah, that's a good point. That's I'm a big fan of taking old things and just repairing it or fixing it or finding out how to yeah yeah extend the use of it. We are the same mm-hmm. in that regard. That's awesome. Yeah, um, you you put all your suitcase and everything in there and just said yeah, I'm and going just, west. Yeah, and I didn't have a job, a place to live. I just drove west. It's exactly the story. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> that's and you, people still do that today. I mean, it's a little different. I wasn't on a covered wagon. I didn't have you know like a sack yeah, on but the back I mean, in like a pickaxe, but mentally those people I had failed. that. I'm I mean, metaphorical. Yeah. <laughs> it's anyone that's doing anything close to that, whether yes. they're just, just moving. I mean, think about how many people probably in your mm-hmm. town growing up said, I'm, I'm, I'm going somewhere. Mm-hmm. And they're still there. Even if they have a that's great job true. there, right. there's a part of them that there's it's a lot hard there. to go do that thing. Or a lot of people, what I notice, say to me all the time when I'm back, how did you do that? Or I could never do that. Or Because I've also lived while I'm here. I rent my place out. I've lived in Alaska. I've lived in North Dakota. Traveled to lots of different states and spent time. Or they say, like, oh, I could never do that. And I say, you know, like, if you just eliminate all the obstacles in your brain and just look at the facts or the steps you need to take, anyone can do it. Yes, you absolutely can. You're just yeah. kind of tripping yourself out mentally. And, um, and that, yeah. I mean... Post Lewis and Clark, and mm-hmm. then I guess even potentially the the trails that were established prior to the Donner Party, the ones they were trying to use that were still really rough. <laughs> yes, you know, if you're a kid or, or whoever, just anybody hearing about that, mm-hmm. like 
And you don't know what's out there. No photographs. There's right. only people telling you. Right. Just the stories. You know, nothing. Yeah. You cross no. the mountains and you see the ocean. Mm-hmm. And they go, what? Yeah, this uh, there's is- times when I'm driving around in my Oldsmobile, just in California, where <laughs> I've lived for nine years, where I cross, you know, like I'm up in, I don't know, or driving on the PCH up in Santa Clarita and I go on a new road and there's a beautiful canyon or the ocean view opens up on my left and I go, oh my gosh, like I can only <laughs> imagine. And I even know what the ocean and mountains look like. But if you've never seen that and you come across, across that, I think about that often. Like that must have been mind-blowing to these people that came out there and saw that for the first time. Yeah. Unbe- the diseases you deal with and the mm-hmm. bugs and the lack of even just the jackets and things we have now. So much different then. Right. It's so easy to do it now. I feel like... Because I do hear that a lot when I go back. Oh, I can never do that or how or there's literally never been an easier time. (laughs) You can buy any weatherproof jacket. You can find even when I moved, I had to print out directions and look at a map. Now you can just put it on your iPhone. (laughs) (laughs) You don't even need to do that. You could just go. (laughs) Like, I think it's very simple, but, um, you know, maybe requires a little bit of thought or planning. But I I think it's anyone that kind of has that adventurous spirit. Yeah, find it easy to do maybe it ties in to what we were talking about of, like with westworld of mm-hmm. needing needing it to be difficult or a league of their own when tom hanks says the hard is what makes it great if yeah. it were easy everyone would do it uh, yes and now that's... it's easy and everyone can do it and they kind of go yeah what am i just gonna i'm just gonna be on the interstate mm-hmm. going straight 80 miles an hour for two days right uh, see <laughs> that's um i love driving and love driving across country i find it really relaxing i like to play music or call people or just kind of recollect my thoughts yeah and i try to find maybe this is just a little bit of my personality but when i'm doing that a little bit of i don't want to say magic but adventure or something special in that even if i'm just driving you know i have to drive here to north dakota or utah or whatever i make it exciting or i'll stop or this but i know people that are just like oh i have to go on this road trip and i just yeah drive on the highway and blah but Maybe if you reframe it a little different, you'd get more out of it. But that can be hard to do. So yeah, I, yeah. maybe it's just a, mm-hmm. a person, individual, person, individual. Person someone person. else might not enjoy that. Yeah, for sure. I've, but, we're similar in that regard mm-hmm. too. We have a few yeah, I think things road in trips common. Are great. Yep. I used to travel a ton mm-hmm. doing stand up, and I sometimes would just even turn the radio off and just kind yeah, me of too, like, and just kind of like think of ideas or mm-hmm. yep. especially at night. You just get the stars mm-hmm. there. That's a great just, time to drive. Yeah. <laughs> And it, to me, always tied into the West. I could mm-hmm. always just kind of think of like, it's still relatively desolate compared to a lot of places. Especially and, if you've driven that and you find you, you cross those. I always know because you have to, you know, stop and use the restroom or else you're, mm-hmm. there's that one <laughs> yeah. part when you're driving. For a hundred miles. Yeah, for a hundred miles. Like, I think when you're driving to Vegas or somewhere, it's like, yeah. <laughs> you know, to stop. But it makes you stop and think like, wow, this still really is. There's nothing out here. It's just, yeah. Still and really how bad is your luck if you're on like a wagon train mm-hmm. and you know like there aren't a ton of predators that are kind of going to come up in the middle of the day and attack you right and not- if you're lucky enough during whatever period mm-hmm. the natives are leaving you alone and assuming you're a white person on these chuck wagons which is typically the case back then sure yep. and then you step off and you go to pee and a rattlesnake bites you and you just have to feel like what are the chances of this this is so terrible i know yeah that could be but yeah, your tire blows out now. I guess like relatively similar unpredictability or right. Yeah, I'm trying to think of the equivalent of the unpredictability today. Yeah, maybe your tire blows out. Mm-hmm. It's desolate. Maybe your phone's dead. Yeah, it's, <laughs> yeah. and you can't. You, know, <laughs> you have to take your chances and flag someone down or figure it out. That could be challenging for sure. Okay. Yeah, and if you only think of those things, and you'll never go do it. Right. Yeah, you can't because things are going to happen, or maybe they won't. But you know, so, there's always some little glitch along the way. But if you yeah. just focus on that. But if you get out there, and for mm-hmm. you, you're still in the pers- the person that left and was laughed at and mm-hmm. had to like water the stock and and stay guard at night and not get a lot of sleep and, and sleep in the worst part of the the wagon and or walk behind it for large large portions of the trip. Mm-hmm. But they get out to California and they make enough to get a pickaxe and they start a claim. Mm-hmm. And the first time mm-hmm. they chunk out. A thing. Yes. That great break loose feeling. Right, right. What we talk, the carrot. <laughs> the carrot, yeah. <laughs> Times a billion. Because they mm-hmm. finally are looking at it like, it's happening. Mm-hmm. This is real. This is something. My life is, I've accomplished it. That feeling, I think, is everyone's looking for that in some minor way. It's I, different now. Yeah, but I think you're exactly degree. right. I think that's, yeah, in some minor way or there. It's different yeah. for everybody. Some mm-hmm. people, it's like, 
well, I got that promotion and that's all I ever wanted. Right, or you, you can know. find it in work or this or a personal thing, but I guess people have varying degrees of what that means to them yeah. <laughs> for what, happiness. Yeah. And you, so going back to your now quiver full mm-hmm. of these targets, I mean, do you have something that to you that is like a specific goal? Is it a certain amount of money or a life involving a lot of experiences or is, is oh, it yeah. too hazy to understand what it is? Or do you really have like a... I don't have a specific, oh, I need to have this exact job uh-huh. in mind. I would, long-term goals, I would like to get a PhD eventually. I would like to travel more. And I don't want to have a very stagnant life. I want to be able to travel or work or something involving that mm-hmm. later on. Sorry, I'm trying to think of the first part of your question. I got <laughs> <laughs> lost my train of thought for a second. Well, I don't um, think they oh, necessarily knew either. Yeah, I feel like uh, I don't have a specific goal in terms of money or a specific job. I feel like that kind of happiness or making do can I'm going to be okay in that aspect. I don't need a certain thing to dictate that for me. Yeah. Just mainly I don't know. We'll see. A lot of <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I didn't mean to put you Personal on the spot goals, yeah, like traveling, that. uh eventually work a job that I love, maybe somehow utilizing all those skills in whatever capacity I can. It be. seems like you're already doing that to a high degree as it is. It seems like if you're on mm-hmm. the same track that you're on currently, like you Right. Seem- maybe do what I'm doing currently because I'm I'm pretty happy with everything just on a larger scale mm-hmm. would be great in a yeah. Nice. Um, well, would you be up for taking a quick little break and then we'll pick back up? Oh, sure. Okay. We'll come back for part two. We get more into anthropology, both in the the past and what we think the future and linguistic things and projections and um, on and on and on. And her, her time living in a chicken, Alaska. She talks a bit about that. It's pretty fascinating. And we have more of this black lager from Uinta. I hope you get out there and try that out. It's pretty delicious. Uh, The Junk Show's coming up. The next one's October 14th. Sarah Ruth will be at that one. If you missed her the last time she was in town visiting from Texas, it was was unreal. It was fantastic. So I'm excited. Her and a bunch of other acts, maybe some surprise drop-in guests. It's always... It's always something at the Junk Show. If you like music and comedy and animation, come see that. As I mentioned, you can support the show on Patreon. This show is made possible by contributions from listeners just like you. They're rarely, if ever, and up to now, uh, over 150 episodes in, no ads. Want to keep it that way? Unless it's something that I genuinely uh, like, then it's not really an ad. It's just me promoting something. Uh, I'm happy to do that, but um, you won't hear me going on and on about uh, Squarespace or anything like that, ideally. Now, if they come to me with tons of cash, come on, I'm reasonable. But I'd prefer to just keep it us in our little uh, quiet club here uh, where you can come and not be bombarded by ads filtering their way into your ears. So anyway, if you like that... If you want to donate a little bit to the show or you want to just drop a, a note to say hello, you can do that at thespacecave.com. There's a, an email address form there as well, pings at thespacecave.com. You can contact the show through Twitter, space underscore cave. And I've been considering starting uh, an Instagram for the show. Let me know if you think that would be of interest. All the photos and things are on the website, but it maybe be better if you want to see the guests and some of the beers and things like that and in one location. Perhaps I'll do that. It just seems like another thing to have to manage, and likely I would fall behind on it. The show, to some degree, has a Facebook page. I haven't updated that in quite some time. I just got sick of all of it. So if those are things that you would like, let me know, and I'll do my best to to pick up those efforts again. All right, let's get out of here. This is a song by the Helio Sequence. I think it's good. hope you like it as well. It's called Silence on Silence. Thanks for stopping by the Space Cave. Accepting that sometimes you cannot change